Welcome back to another episode of the Physio Podcast. Today we have a new episode which I think is a really good one. I talked to Juliana Bergen, who is my sister, and we cover everything from her background to how to stay active during the COVID-19 pandemic. She gives amazing tips on how to keep up with your physical well-being as well as your mental health, which we all know is so important right now. If you do want to skip to the conversation about how to stay active in your home, head to about the 20 minute mark of the episode. I recommend listening to the whole thing, but you know, I get it. Sometimes we just like to get right to the point. Anyways, as always, hope you enjoy. Thanks for doing this. No problem. Um, So we are talking to Juliana Bergen. She is actually my sister. (laughs) Um, Older sister. Older sister. Yes, older sister. I am the baby. Um, So she's a physiotherapist in London, Ontario, and primarily working as a... How would you categorize yourself as a physiotherapist? Um... I work with a sports or active population. Okay. Um, so you've been kind of, I've obviously seen your journey. You've kind of been moving slowly towards that. Well, not, you've obviously found your passion and stuff like that, but like, it seemed like that took you a while to like kind of find. So I want to talk, we might, might as well start from maybe like university. So where'd you go to university? So I did my undergrad at the university of Toronto and I did a, physical health and education undergraduate. Okay. And it would be interesting to understand also the sporting career you had mm-hmm. at university. So, so why don't you give so some background? At U of T, I um, played on the varsity soccer team, uh, the women's soccer team for the first three years of my uh, undergrad. And I also, at the same time, did all five years. I did a, an extra year, um, five years on the varsity track and field team as a pentathlete. A pentathlete. And what does... So it's pentathlete and decathlon. Obviously, decathlon is males. What's pentathlete for a pentathlete? So the female version of a decathlon is actually a heptathlon. And that's the outdoor one, um, right. which I also did in the summer times. But the... Uh, Indoor, the, the university season is an indoor season. And so they have a pentathlon for women, which is five events in one day. Uh, you do the 60 meter hurdles, high jump, shot put, long jump, and 800 meter in that order. Okay. Let, let's move forward to maybe Oxford Brooks. So you went to Oxford Brooks for what, what's the program called? The Oxford Brooks? Uh, the Masters of Physico- uh, Physiotherapy. Okay. And that is obviously an Oxford, England. So you did that after you took a, you took a year off, right? Or you, um, well, you my, for a year. Yeah. my fifth year of uh, university at U of T, I'd actually already graduated. I was just doing um, a few extra courses and I worked that year as well. And I trained. So it was a busy year. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Um, so I kind of wanted to know how the tr- path went to knowing you wanted to work in kind of like ath- or, or active physiotherapy role, whether you, the physiotherapy came first or whether you want knew you, you knew you wanted to work in kind of with like with an active population or like how that kind of um, went along. Honestly, I think the physio, I think it came at the same time, really. I mean, as you know, our mom is a physio. Mm-hmm. So I grew up uh, familiar with the profession very familiar with the profession. Um, and we're a very active household growing up. So we're always moving, always doing stuff. Um, 
always getting injured. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I had my fair share of uh, physio experience outside of the home as well um, as an athlete. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the clinic, uh, especially at uh, University of Toronto during my athletic career. Um, so I had a lot of experience with that. And I'm also a very kind of kinesthetic learner, I'd say. Um, I like working with my hands. I like to do stuff. Um, I, I learn best by doing and seeing and feeling and experiencing. So um, it kind of fit perfectly. And I also have a passion for like kind of a, I like the detective work as well. So um, learning about the human body and how it works and how we can make it more efficient and things like that. Um, it was a big passion of mine. And then just my, I think my athletic background, um, it kind of just, I kind of fell into the the sport world. It's kind of where my passion lay. So. Right. And yeah, so you touched on the fact that uh, obviously our mother's a physiotherapist. Um, is there anybody else and it doesn't necessarily obviously have to be physiotherapist, but is there anybody else that kind of helps shape that idea of wanting to be, uh, physiotherapist dealing with like the active population and athletes? I'd say my therapist at university when I was, like I said, when I was, I was in the clinic there a lot. I had a few different injuries. Um, and I always just really enjoyed my time there and they, they, they realized that I really liked and I found it interesting. Um, I wasn't kind of a passive patient. I was always asking questions and wanting to know what was going on, what they were doing. And so I think I, I definitely see their guidance as something that like definitely like made me love it even more. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we touched on a little bit that you went to Oxford Brooks in England, um, maybe briefly, and we can, I know we've talked about maybe doing a podcast and I think it'd be cool to do a podcast, um, with a couple of people that you went to Oxford Brooks with. Yeah. Um, so we can get more in depth about that. Maybe like then we can get, uh, like Vanessa and Leah and maybe Alex and Katja. Yeah. Maybe some of the English people too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but maybe describe or yeah, paint a picture of like what that was like to do physiotherapy abroad in England. Um, well, like you said, we had a few Canadians there. Um, I, I met a few Canadians there when I was there. Um, but, uh, my sister Katja and cousin Alex definitely were there my second year. They started their first year in my second year. So that was nice having family over there, but, uh, it was a whirlwind. Like, honestly, I think that physio school anywhere is, uh, really demanding in terms of time and, uh, um, it's challenging. Like you're, if you're not in class, you're in placement. And if you're not one of those two places, you're studying for something else, um, or staying active. Cause we had all tended to be pretty active people. Um, I started rowing there a little bit, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so punting. I punting, which is a very specific <laughs> to Oxford. It's kind of like gondola canoe thing. With a, <laughs> with really a metal pole. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. Punting. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> um, yeah. That one's like more of a leisure activity. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I was just really trying to like embrace the fact that I was living abroad. Um, so I met tons of really awesome people over there. Um, some, many of who I'm still f- good friends with today. And I was actually chatting with a couple of them earlier. So um, yeah, I spent some time traveling around as well, but, uh, in terms of the actual schooling, uh, I imagine it's pretty similar to what I would have been experiencing here as a physio student in Canada. Right. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's always cool to study abroad though. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving 
forward to kind of, yeah, that was kind of a good like background, like where you came from and stuff like that. So yeah. you work uh, currently in London, Ontario at yeah. Modern Health and Performance. Yes. Yes. So what's, why don't you describe the clinic you, you work at? So um, we're uh, not a huge clinic, but uh, we're right downtown London and we um, are consist of myself as the only physio and we have three chiropractors, um, Dr. Drzeski, Dr. Dodge and Dr. Poeta. Um, and then we have a, a massage therapist as well, um, Nicole. So all of us uh, work in different areas with different active populations. So um, I don't know if you want me to get into that, what I kind of do outside of the clinic as well, but yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, Evan and, um, Dr. Jajewski and I, uh, we work with the Western university track and field team. So we travel with them. Um, and I work with, uh, the Hill Academy lacrosse team as well. The women or the, the girls team there. Um, and, uh, Dr. Puerta does some work with hockey teams. Um, Dr. Dodge does some work with, uh, uh, gymnastics, cheerleading, and dance programs in, in the city of London. And Nicole, our massage therapist, is the uh, massage therapist for the London Lightning, which is the professional basketball team in London. So we all work with a with variety of, of athletes, as well as I'd say our, our uh, clientele is, is an active population. Um, lots of uh, gym goers, uh, people who run, people who do triathlons, um, lots of CrossFitters. We, we have some uh, connections with quite a few gyms in London. Um, and, and yeah, so, I mean, not everybody has a, a sports injury, I'd call it. Um, but definitely that's probably the majority of things that we treat at my clinic. Cool. Cool. And so you, you mentioned that you work for, with the Western university track team. Yeah. So you go to like the meets or do, yeah, like so the, once a do week, they come to the clinic or... So once a week, Evan and I uh, don't treat at the clinic, but we go to to the track and we treat the, the team there. They set up appointments with us there. Um, we also have them come into the clinic throughout the week as well, um, depending if they need a different day or more treatment or something like that. Um, and then we travel to all the meets with the with the track team and the cross country team. So between right. September and and uh, and March, we're pretty much pretty busy with them on weekends. Right. Right. And you work not, they're not the only people you work with in track. I don't know if you, are you able to talk about working with like Taylor and Caroline? And Yeah. Yeah. So we have a few, um, I think you're going to be chatting with Taylor and Caroline. We have a few other athletes that are um, what we call club athletes that aren't actually in university anymore, but they train, they actually train in London as well. Um, they've graduated, but they're, uh, they're, um, still training or they're training for something big like the Olympics, for example, um, a few athletes that we have, have coming up. Uh, unfortunately the Olympics are delayed another yeah, year seriously. due to COVID-19, but, um, yeah, lots of our athletes are still training. So it's been interesting keeping in touch with them through all this with, uh, yeah. keeping the rehab up. So, yeah. So what, what are the, the main injuries you see? Let's talk about just track. Cause that seems to be the main focus of a lot of your, higher end athletes, I think. Um, yeah. So what are the, the biggest challenges or injuries you see or yeah. Like where do you see that they need to like do like, maybe it's like prehab or rehab. Where yeah. do you come in? So lives? track's an interesting one because um, it covers runs, jumps, throws, sprints, long distance, a bit of everything. So the only thing that it's, it's not a contact sport unless you get a pretty. Uh, well, hurdles. Injury. 
<laughs> yeah, hurdles or you get an intense relay race. Those can get kind of, yeah. uh, people throwing elbows and stuff. Um, so it's not a lot of, uh, blood or acute stuff yes. like that. Yeah. Collision type injuries. So, but we do get our odd acute knee injury or concussion or things yeah. like that. But, um, majority of what we deal with are soft tissue injuries. So that's like, uh, muscular injuries. So in particular we had, um, lots of hamstring injuries two years ago. So we put them on a big rehab program, a prehab program for, for um, hamstring injuries. And we found that this year our, our numbers in terms of hamstring injuries went down big time. Um, so that one was, that was interesting. And then uh, we, yeah, like other soft tissue injuries, quad injuries, um, tendon stuff like Achilles tendonopathies. We got a lot of foot stuff because they're, they're, during the winter, they're running around an indoor track. So it's a tighter corner. Um, they're actually in an arena. So there's a hockey rink in the middle. So it's a bit cold in there. Um, so we actually end up with like some foot injuries just cause that those corners are pretty tight. Um, and yeah, so I'd say probably majority lower body injuries, unless you're talking about a thrower, then I've got some lots of shoulder stuff that we work with. Right. Um, uh, and then, yeah, if you're a jumper, for example, there's a classic jumper's knee, which is a tendonitis of the, uh, anterior knee. Um, but yeah, lower body soft tissue kind of stuff that we're dealing with mostly. Okay. Now I'm curious because like you talked, I've talked to you a lot about like prehab and you, I, I know you've mentioned, or we've talked about the, the, the hamstring stuff you did with like a lot of the, like your track athletes and how that's actually like really helped. So I'm curious, um, so let's say I was a high level track athlete, which I still am, even though I don't practice very much. <laughs> um, and say I were working on hamstring stuff because I've been having hamstring issues yep. and we're, we're any good. Now, is there a case or how do you manage the, the, the difference between maybe like focusing on strengthening my hamstring, but not creating like imbalances somewhere else? Right. Great other injuries. So how is there, is there a way that prehab can create other injuries is basically is what I'm asking. Um, possibly. Yes. Um, so with prehab, what we're aiming to do is either focus on a weakness that somebody has or a typical kind of thing. So depending on their, in, depending on their, their event, I'll say event, we'll talk about track, but it would depend on soccer, like not, sorry, not soccer, but other sports as well. But, um, so let's say talk about track, for example, like you said, hamstrings, um, typically, and this isn't everybody, but large majority of people are quad dominant. So their quad to hamstring strength ratio is off and it, the hamstrings aren't strong enough compared to what they should be to compare with the quads. Is it, so is it worse in males or females or is it the same? Uh, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Okay. That's a good question. I, I, I just know like the, obviously the anatomy of males and females mm -hmm. is completely different, especially with like hips and stuff like that. And yeah. Like so. when you start talking about knee injuries, like ACLs and stuff like that, definitely yeah. like definitely okay. the, the angle of the hips definitely contributes. Um, not, I'm sure that there's a difference <laughs> in men and women for hamstrings, but I have to look into that. Um, so we go into it kind of assuming that most people are quad dominant and their hamstrings yeah. aren't at that where they need to be. So we have decided that we're going to put everybody on a hamstring prehab protocol because especially the sprinters, um, because what they, they use their hamstrings so much. Um, and you're actually, you're more likely to strain your hamstring as you're, um, 
at the beginning, like the, when, as you're extending into your stride, not backwards, but forwards, um, because that's where you're decelerating actually. So, um, so we do lots of things like the main thing that we've, so it's all based on evidence, but the main thing that we prescribe is, uh, Nordic hamstring curls to failure. Um, so those ones are where you're on your knees and somebody's holding your feet down and you, uh, fall down towards the floor. Um, you hold as long as you can until you can't hold any longer. And then you fall down to the floor, push yourself back up and go again. Um, those are shown to improve the, the eccentric control, um, the best. Um, so that's something that we have all of our athletes do. And if you ask any of them, they'll they'll tell you that I bug them quite a bit about making sure that they're doing them. Yeah. Because it, it feels like you're tearing your hamstrings while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're putting it at like, we're, we're, we're strengthening yeah. it at its maximum range. Right. Yeah. They suck. <laughs> I did. I think I did it once with you. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's one example of something where like we kind of use, uh, the typical or, um, the assumed kind of route. Um, and then there's other people who let's say your jumper will do lots of like knee stuff, like quad strengthening and stuff like that. And, or single leg stuff to strengthen your hips in order to prevent something like that, like a knee injury happening, because you kind of know, um, based on their sport, what, or what they're based on their event, what they're kind of more vulnerable to. Right. Right. But then everyone's different. You might have a, you might have a long distance runner with knee injuries, like with knee pain. So. Right. Is there, is there anything that like in my head immediately I go towards like flexibility that like that can be prescribed to pretty much everybody across the board to improve or decrease the risk of actually getting injured. Like, is there anything, is it like core strength? Is it like hip flexibility? Is it obviously yeah, talking about so, hamstrings, but is there anything else? So core, core stability or core, um, strength. I, I, I like to, to make it like a efficient and functional. So a lot of times, um, people are doing sit-ups, but if you look at any of the track events, you don't want to be constantly flexion, right? You want to be upright, tall, and be able to hold that while your arms and legs are moving, right? So something like a plank or a dead bug or a bird dog is something a bit more functional for you. So those are all core exercises that you can kind of, um, make work for your, for your, for your sport, right? There might be another sport, um, trying to think right now where you would, might be doing a little bit more flexion, right? Um, maybe rowing, maybe you need to do a little bit more hip flexion in rowing, something like that. Right. Um, so, uh, it all depends on your sport, but, uh, can I go back to the question? It was just like, is there anything that some like, like how like flexibility? Oh, sorry. Flexibility. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is, um, is there just something that like across the board could be prescribed right. to people that is just going to so, help them? Yeah. So if I, if I change your word of flexibility to mobility, um, again, functional. So you look at the sport and what they need to do. Um, mm. if they are a shot putter, they don't need to be able to put their foot over top of their head. It's yeah. just not, it's not necessary. Right. But if you're a gymnast, that might be necessary. Right. Okay. So, but mobility wise, a shot putter needs to have good squat mobility because they are at some point during their throw down into a, a deeper knee bend kind of thing. So you have to have functional mobility. So you have to be mobile, which would 
include flexibility, but also strong into certain ranges. And it all depends on what you need to do. For example, um, a hurdler has to be able to get their one leg straight out over in front of them while at the same time the other leg is turned out and knee flexed, right? So, um, but a distance runner might not need that kind of mobility, right? So it all kind of completely depends, but yes, definitely functional mobility is necessary across the board, just specific to what they need to do. Okay. So I have a, another question kind of about that. So I think it'd be interesting to kind of talk about, obviously not just like high-end athletes because you know, not everybody can be a high-end athlete. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think everybody's an athlete if they do something active. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you know, if someone gives them five bucks, they're pretty much a pro. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No one's giving me five bucks, so I'm not a pro. (laughs) Yeah. Haven't asked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So obviously people are at home right now. Yep. Um, People are having at home with a lot of time as well, obviously. So I think, I hope it seems like that people are getting more active, but being stuck in their home, they're having trouble maybe or just maybe the running of ideas, maybe they're having trouble being creative. For sure. I think it'd be cool to talk about things people can do at home. And obviously, like you said, it's completely dependent on the person. Um, Maybe we can talk. So I think it'd be good to talk about maybe like a general overview of what people maybe can do. And then maybe we can talk about injury specific. Like if someone has lower back pain, what they can do at home, if they have knee pain, what they can do at home how they can get creative in that way. Sure. But to be, I I think to start with the whole general aspect, I thought it was cool. I heard this doctor one time talk about um, the idea of working backwards from what you want to do when you're a hundred. And he talked about basically, if you want to be able to pick up your grandchildren when you're a hundred, let's say, or great grandchildren when you're a hundred, how do you work back from that? Like maybe you need to do, maybe you need to be able to do, at 70, maybe that means, maybe means you need to do some, um, kettlebell swings, right? So like, or maybe you'd be able to do like 10 of like 20 pounds. Yeah. So what can people do to basically keep up general fitness so that when they can get back into a gym or maybe when they get back into real life, they're not a broken human being by sitting on the couch. First, first of all, I really like that, that idea. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, he, uh, I so think that's cool. Yeah. So his name's Peter Tia. He's on a lot of podcasts. So that's mm-hmm. why I heard about him. And it's what he call He calls it the something like the age marathon. Right, I'm getting it completely wrong. Um, but it's the idea of figuring out what you want to do when you're 190 and basically just working back to know like, okay, I'm 40 years old. I should be able to do this meant like like I should be able to squat sure. 150 pounds 20 times, right? Well, so that's how I that's how I work on a, a smaller scale. Is I, yeah. I look at okay, what is your goal if you're an Olympic weightlifter and you want to be able to do a a snatch? Um, okay, what does the snatch look like? Okay, you can't lift your arm over your head because you have shoulder pain right now. How do we break it down so that we can start small and build back up from there? So, anyways, that's why I like that that kind of um, backwards approach. Break yeah. down what you need. You want to be able to do break it down into what you can do. It's really this, it's, it makes sense when you mm-hmm. think about it. It's like, Oh yeah, that why don't, why doesn't everybody do that? Totally. Um, so yeah, so what can, so let's talk about like some basic exercises, basic strength yeah. workouts. Maybe it's like mobility, functional mobility. What, what is that? What does that look like? 
if you would so, gen- keep up general health and you're not like working towards a goal or anything? So I'd say the most important thing right now is to do something active every day, whatever that is for you. Like everybody's going to have a different um, ability or different motivation level or different uh, things that they like to do. Might be something simply simple, like taking a walk around the block and um, get outside. I mean, as for right now, we're allowed to be going outside still, right? As long as you're maintaining some physical distancing. Um, but get out, get some sunshine and uh, go for a little walk. That's like the most basic thing. Um, I have a dog, so I take her for many walks a day. You know? <laughs> um, we've actually been running together. So, But maybe running is not your thing. Maybe you don't like running. Go for a bike ride. Maybe bike, bike riding is not your thing, right? Um, I feel fortunate enough. I have a garage here that we've kind of set up to, to create a little home gym. That's not a ton, but we've got a few things that we can do, a few weights and things like that. We can do, get creative with our workouts. Um, I've become the personal trainer of the household. So, um, (laughs) um, even little things like we got a skipping rope, it's something simple we can do. Um, the other thing that I've been doing is, um, as some virtual stuff, virtual workouts. So, there's a few different apps that are really cool that you can download mm-hmm. um, that I've tried as well myself. Uh, the Nike training app is cool. Um, they put out lots of different workouts even, and they have workouts for people who don't have equipment at home. So you don't even need any equipment at all to do it. Um, just a little bit of space in your house. Um, there's a, but then some people might not like the strength training component of something like that. And the other thing is like exercise can be a stress reliever. So sometimes there's something like yoga would be great for you. And that could help work on, like you said, that functional mobility. Um, so there's another app. Um, there's probably lots out there, but there's another app called down dog, um, that I've been using. You can customize a, a yoga practice for yourself. Um, and, and I found it, really great. Um, you can kind of like tweak it to make it, um, geared towards something that you like. Um, but there's tons of stuff. You can YouTube a yoga video. Um, you can YouTube a workout. I've been doing things to keep my motivation up. I've been doing things like FaceTiming a friend to do it with me at the same time. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like, okay, tomorrow at 10 AM, we're going to do a workout together and that gets me up and going. And, um, so those are a few things if you need some like motivation kind of thing. Um, if you've seen a physio in the past and they've told you maybe there's something that you've got an imbalance with or something like that, pull out those old exercises that they gave you and try doing them again. Might be something to to get you moving. It might take you five minutes, especially if maybe they're like a postural thing and you're working from home or something like that. Um, that's the other thing is if you're working from home, uh, maybe for the first time ever, and you're maybe not set up the way that you normally are at work, um, you might have some kind of postural related pain or discomfort or something like that, just because you're not sitting your normal desk, your normal setup, that kind of thing. Maybe your kids are running around or whatever. Right. Um, so my best advice is to change position often. So I like to say your best posture is your next posture. So move around. Yeah. Move around quite a bit. Um, and that'll get you moving. So maybe you set a timer. This one's, I like this one. You set a timer for every 30 minutes or hour, whatever works for you. Um, and when that timer goes off, you get up, you do a flight of stairs or you walk around or you do five push ups, or you put your head out the door, walk around a bit, whatever it is. Um, 
just get yourself moving a little bit because I think right now um, stuck at home, even if like if you're working at home, sitting while you're working, you sit down on the couch afterwards, possibly, right? A lot of people I think are doing quite a bit of sitting right now because there's not a lot of stuff to do otherwise, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's not many places often to move, especially if you live in like a condo or something like that in a big city, right? Like they could exactly. just be a small apartment. Right? Exactly. So, and I mean, um, not everyone has the luxury of like just going for a walk or going up and down their stairs. Cause maybe they do live in a condo or something like that, but there's lots of stuff you can do in the house. Like even if you don't have any equipment, that's okay. If you want to do something where you're lifting up some weights or something like that, grab a jug of milk or, um, an old textbook that's heavy or fill up a bit, uh, a backpack with books, throw it on and you do some squats. Um, there's loads of stuff you can do. Um, that, that doesn't re- actually require real equipment. Um, a lot of times what we do is I, when I'm doing my training, I'm training functionally. So I do squats and overhead lifts and things like that because they're functional. It's what we do in real life. So why don't we do stuff in real life that mimics that, that we're mimicking in the gym already for real life. Right. So yeah. let's put stuff up over our head, whatever it is that you have at your house, right. Whether that's your kid or your yeah. <laughs> old textbook you haven't read or whatever it is. Right. So find something at home that works for you. Um, and, and I wouldn't move through anything that's painful or, or dangerous, but, um, or, but just honestly, the best thing is just get moving. And if that can be a couple times a day, even just for five minutes, like it's going to be better for physically coming out of this and probably mentally as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think the mental part is a, is a massive part. I, I know for a fact that like when I don't do exercise for a couple of days or something like that, obviously like my mood declines or, or whenever I do exercise and I do, I have found that the, especially now when people have a lot of time and everybody's at home, that the calling a friend or seeing a video chat with a bunch of people doing exercises is actually really motivating because it's not just motivating. It's people are just holding you accountable. For sure. Um, exactly. Like, like timing it, uh, like not timing it, but, um, or scheduling it. And then you also have people doing it with you. So it's, I mean, for me, I, I, I like working out with other people. Some people like working out on their own and that's totally fine. It all depends on your motivation levels, um, or what motivates you. Um, and I, I like working out with other people. So it's been a really good thing with, for me, I actually have a, with a group of friends, um, a running club. So we have to run 20 kilometers every week and everybody can see, um, see how far you've run. So I actually have to run another three and a half kilometers this afternoon after this (laughs) to make it for tonight. Um, but yeah, so just little things, people keeping each other accountable. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a really cool thing. Yeah. And And there's so many things online now that totally people are doing free classes and stuff like that on zoom and everything. Exactly. I would look into your, uh, maybe the gym that you go to when this is, not happening. Um, or another gym in your area, lots of local gyms are doing, um, continuing their programming and they're putting out workouts so that you can do at home, whether that's with like makeshift equipment or no equipment at all. Um, you, there's tons of lots of gyms in, in London are doing it. Um, my gym's doing it. Um, and they're, they're awesome. The other thing I wanted to say was, um, what I've been doing is I schedule workout every day. Five o'clock is our household workout every single day. And then I sometimes will plan a a workout with a friend on FaceTime throughout the day as well. But I find that for me, um, I used to go to the gym on my way home from work and that was part of my routine. But now I don't 
have a commute home from work. So I, uh, I have to schedule it into my day and I actually write it down in my calendar and that helps me to, to, to get it done. Yeah. That's I write a good down point. what I'm going to do the day before. So I know that I'm, I know that I'm going to be getting in a decent kind of workout. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think there is the, well, I just know for personally for me in terms of motivation levels of doing anything, not just like being active, the excuse of honestly, like being unmotivated and like sad because of staying home all day is a very easy excuse to say to yourself 10 minutes before work. I'm like, Oh, I'm not really feeling like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fair. Like there's like, everybody's totally. going through like mental like health stuff and like mm-hmm. everybody's feeling like a little, like maybe anxious or like even like yeah. a little depression, which sucks. But I think scheduling it is something that it just, it holds it's again, another accountability thing where it's like, okay, I just told myself I was going to do it. I wrote this down. For sure. And I think at this point, um, um, unless you have like a a perfect gym set up at home where you've got everything you need, you might not be able to get in your typical workout and that's okay. I think the big thing is that you get moving, maybe sweat a little, you don't even have to just get your body moving because it's going to, like you said, a mental break, but also uh, uh, like a physical break, get your body moving. So when you come out of this, your body's still used to doing something every day. Um, But the big thing, if you're not finding the motivation and you hate push-ups, don't make your workout pushups. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, we started learning that we're like, Ugh, I, I hate burpees. I haven't, I haven't oh, they suck. I a them. single burpee in my workouts in the last three weeks <laughs> because I don't feel like there's a need to, if I don't want to do it. Cause then I'm, I, I may either just not do it or kind of half-heartedly do it or whatever. Right. So, um, every day we actually kick a soccer ball around because we love soccer um, and something we didn't make, we, we didn't make a lot of time for outside of our soccer games before. Um, but it's fun. Get a little sweat on. We're laughing right on the driveway. So we're not going anywhere exciting, but we're, we're doing something fun and that's part of our workout. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I was just thinking um, what I really liked, cause I was telling you the other day um, that I did that online Pilates class. First ever yeah. Pilates class. Um, didn't know what Pilates was before. Um, we'll probably do other classes that I won't know what is happening. You did two work, two core workouts that day. Hey, two core workouts in one day. Um, and what I found was cool about the Pilates class, like the core workout you ran online, um, obviously was completely no, no equipment. Um, the Pilates class used a, she, she recommended using a band, uh, chair, which obviously is easy to find. Everybody has a chair and a slider, but a lot of people don't have bands or sliders just laying around at home. Yep. Right? We luckily had bands. We didn't have sliders, but it was cool because what I thought was interesting that wouldn't happen normally, um, in any other circumstances, she was kind of running through the exercises as if you either had the equipment or didn't have the equipment. So the cool right. thing about the class was like, she understood because everybody's at home that not everybody has the equipment. So it was very easy to, to do the exercises if you didn't have the equipment, but like if it was normal, everybody was able to go like that probably wouldn't have been assumed. So the cool thing about the classes is people understand what people are going through and that they can make modifications to the exercises so that there's really no excuse not to do them. If you're watching the video. Exactly. And I'm finding that a lot of, uh, or I'm sure it's the case that some of these people who are putting out these workouts don't have the equipment at home themselves. It's yeah. at their gym or, or at their clinic or the studio or whatever. Right. So they're actually at home 
unable to do with all this stuff too sometimes right so they understand they get it they're using jugs of milk as well like they're they're i did squats with my dog holding her the other day (laughs) so you you can get creative which can make it fun right we talked about it being fun so yeah yeah Um, but yeah i've been doing these online classes as well like like running some online workshops um and i've been doing mine with no equipment or very minimal equipment um but uh yeah, it's hard because you don't know what people have. And especially if there's 50 people and everyone has something different, right? You want to make sure people can still access it, right? Access it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, okay. So even like yesterday, a problem I had was I was trying to find an online class. I don't have any apps. I could download apps. Yes, I understand it. But I went on YouTube and obviously on YouTube, there is 14 million exercise videos, probably more. How would, obviously it depends person to person, but do you have any thoughts on how to find online videos for people? Is that... Yeah, I don't, I don't use YouTube a lot. I know there's quite a bit Or just there. any, anyway. I, yeah, I, that, like, like I mentioned how, before, yeah. the, the, the Nike training app is good. I'm not, I'm not an ad for Nike. <laughs> I just, I just know that I, I it works for me. Um, they'd put some good workouts out. And then that Down Dog app, again, I don't work for them. I just yeah. I experienced it and I, and I enjoyed it. Um, ask your friends. Like, honestly, I those are recommendations I got from other people. Um, that'll get, that's a good FaceTime through a yeah. five minute FaceTime with somebody to chat about what, maybe what they're doing or something that they've heard about. Try it. If you hate it, don't do it again. Um, if you're on, if you want to get something off YouTube, um, I would recommend think about something that you enjoy doing, whether that's, um, circuit training or, um, uh, just strength training or yoga or whatever, and search that rather than just typing an exercise class. Um, like I said, you want to make it something that you actually enjoy doing, right? I had talked to somebody last week and they were like, Oh, I might start running because what else do I have to do? She's like, but I hate running. Well then don't run. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, there's lots of like guided stuff out there, but find something that works for you. But yeah, definitely get recommendations from friends because that's what I've been doing. I've been getting lots of stuff that people have recommended to me. Yeah. And to get away, stay connected too. Or try your local gym. They they're putting out classes all the time and that's a cool way to, to get a community as well. Um, these gyms like, uh, like they'll either do it on zoom or something like that, where you can see other people doing it and you can chat with them while you're doing it and um, talk to the coaches and things like that. So that's a cool way to kind of make like stay with a, a community that can keep you accountable. Yeah, no, very much so. Um, so let's talk about maybe injury specific things. Cause like every human being, everybody has pain somewhere that they don't want. I don't know anybody that doesn't. <laughs> um, so maybe we can go through a couple of the, the main ailments that people have, maybe like back, let's, we can start with like back pain. So like what would somebody at home do for back pain if they're not seeing a physiotherapist or chiropractor or any other practitioner, they're just at home by themselves. Right. And now it's, it's right now is a hard time because it's hard to get into see if, well, you can't go see a chiropractor or a physio or a massage therapist right now. Um, maybe your physio or, or somebody else is doing virtual appointments. Um, it's hard to, to recommend something specific for right. back That's pain fair. because, because everybody's back pain is totally different and, and, and there's different things that, that would help or maybe make things worse. Right. So, um, very, very minimally, um, doing some gentle core work that doesn't cause any pain would be good. Um, 
again, moving. So sometimes our back pain is because we're not moving much. We're sitting a lot or we're laying in weird positions. Maybe you're laying on the couch weird or something like that. Um, moving, whatever that is, gentle moving um, within pain-free ranges. Um, again, if you're having any severe back pain, I recommend calling or emailing your physio um, to ask them. But um, you kind of want to make sure that you're, yeah, you're just getting out of those painful positions or not being in all those painful positions all the time. Sometimes hip mobility is something um, that can be improved to help improve back pain. If your hips aren't very mobile, then it falls on your low back to, it can fall on your low back to, to, to create that mobility in that core. So sometimes that's something that people overlook as well. Um, upper back posture or sitting posture, right? That's something to think about as well. Um, Cause if we're, if we're slumped in the upper back, then it can kind of put us into a flexion position in the, in the lower back. Right. So there's lots of different things to think about, but I'd say gentle movement and um, some gentle core stuff as a very basic, unless that's causing you any pain that I would definitely recommend talking to, to somebody. Right. So, okay. So maybe, Injury specific stuff is tough without actually getting because yeah, injuries can be caused yeah. a multiple multiple different ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're talking about something specific like um, like uh, patellar tendonitis, right? Um, there are some specific things that can help with that. But saying non-specific low back pain is a little tough. Um, but yeah, gentle movement is something that usually helps with that. But if there's something like a big disc bulge or something like that, then that can be exacerbated by certain things so right so how okay so let's imagine that somebody does have lower back pain or any other ailment and the the, the recommendation is that what they're trying to do is just gentle movement they're trying to maybe stay a little active but it's obviously persisting and they would like to see a physiotherapist so telehealth is obviously or or virtual visits obviously the only option because at that point at this point, it's only essential people are being seen by physiotherapists and lower back pain is maybe not, unless it's super severe, then um, it's probably yeah. not essential. So how effective, not just talking about lower back pain, but any, let's say common ailment is telehealth. How effective can maybe you be or any physiotherapist be to somebody that on the other side is maybe in a little bit of pain, but might be skeptical of telehealth because obviously there's no, that there's not like that physical person in the room. It's obviously over right. video chat, right? I'd recommend to them to try it. I mean, to be honest with you, we're all learning this at the same time. Um, I'm learning how to do this telehealth stuff as well. It's, it's, it is, it is strange to be, to be treating somebody that I can't actually put my hands on or, or see in person. Um, but, uh, give it a try. So, um, what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to watch you move on the camera. So make sure you have a webcam. Um, they're going to watch you move. They're going to ask you where you have your pain, what positions you have your pain and what actions make your pain worse. Um, what makes it better? Um, all the questions that they would actually ask you in clinic or get you to do in clinic. The only thing we're not going to be able to do is some certain, um, tests kind of thing, which is the unfortunate part. Um, there are some tests that we could still do, but without being hands-on. Um, but the goal is that we'll be able to get enough information to be able to give you some advice and some, some exercise prescription. Obviously we're not gonna be able to do any manual treatment. Um, and like for somebody like me, I do acupuncture on, on, on people. I obviously can't do that. Yeah. Um, but, 
um, they're definitely going to be able to give you some advice. So if you're dealing with some pain, definitely give it a try because they'll be able to give you something that you can do, at least to give you a little bit of relief, at least even if that's recommending that you throw some heat or ice on it, right? Um, not saying that that's what you should definitely do, but I'm just saying that there's little little piece of advice that they might be able to give you that's something that you maybe didn't think about or maybe something that you're doing that's actually maybe causing things to be a bit worse. Yeah, because I think it'd be fair to assume that if you were to try or if you were wanting a current a physiotherapist right now about lower back pain or anything, maybe you tore your ACL, that you probably have seen or most likely have seen a physiotherapy in the past. So what would you think it maybe, or in my perspective, what I think would be most beneficial is even just reaching out to the physiotherapist. And I've seen, I know you've been doing, is just having them prescribe an exercise program because they know your background, right? Like you, you don't, don't necessarily need to see you. They know you, why you have lower back pain, why you have a certain injury, why, why you have pain in a certain area. So for just, sure. If you've seen a physio already for this particular injury and you're like, it's not better, it's a little bit better, but it's not where it needs to be. These exercises are, we're working, but maybe aren't what I need anymore. I've done plenty of exercise programs for people just progressing what, what they were already doing. Um, we're changing things up a little bit. Maybe they said, Oh, this side hurts a little bit more or whatever that is. Um, so, uh, just ask them to, to prescribe. I mean, I'm, I'm with my patients. I'm happy to, to, to progress their, their things. And then people are finding, I'm finding that a lot of people are being pretty proactive about but the rehab right now, people have time right now. Um, maybe aren't doing the things that caused them the pain yeah. in the first place, no, right? Yeah. Or they're doing more of what was causing them pain in the first place, right? So, um, but yeah, I've been, I've, I'm, I'm sure if you emailed your physio, um, they'd be ha- glad, happy to help you out, right? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty available via email or um, via phone as well. And then uh, virtual virtual appointments. Um, I'm happy to help anybody out that, that that needs anything. So yeah. So what are those? I, I guess it, this is completely specific to you. What are those programs look like? Are you tailoring them? Obviously, you're tailoring them obviously to the patient. But mm-hmm. is there a specific exercise? exercises or exercise program you're kind of giving to patients because obviously they're going to be in their home and they can't get out to a gym. They can't obviously maybe get a bench press. If you were like, do a bench press, like it's just not possible. Yeah. So the, the programs I've given people are a little bit different because a lot of times before they like, let's say I was treating a CrossFitter. Um, I'd have them doing something with some equipment at the gym. And I'd say they would go to the gym six times a week. I'd say, okay, just do your rehab at the gym before you do your workout. And that would be my prescription before. So now I have to get creative and I have to change their work, their, their exercises up um, to make it either minimal equipment that they have at home or no equipment. Right. So there, but there are lots of things you can still do for pretty much everything that, that requires minimal equipment. So. Right. Right. Which is, it's it's pretty crazy to see how creative people people are getting like obviously i've like you had a triathlon canceled i have a triathlon coming up in july it's really funny to see especially on social media like all the people trying to (laughs) swim yeah and trying to do swim workouts and well i put out uh i put out videos uh i'm sure you've seen um i try to do them pretty often but um 
one, and I had put out a request for what people wanted to see. And one of the first requests I had was from a few of my triathletes. Yeah. What can we do when we can't get in the pool? And I said, said you know what? I am having the same problem. Swimming was going to be my weakest link. I was looking forward to getting in the pool a lot between now and June. But I mean, now my triathlon's canceled, but I still want to be able to do one in the future. So. Yeah. And it seems like what people are doing is kind of what you were talking about is functional workouts where they're just basically mimicking what. Mm what they would do in the pool, whether it's just like basically lying down horizontally and using resistance bands and just yep. doing swim strokes. Like if you're a swimmer, you don't really need to be doing strict bicep curls, right? Do something yeah. fun, get a band and pull it over your head, like a swimming stroke, right? Like, or do a flutter kick on, on your back or, or something like that. Right. So, um, yeah, get creative, make it functional, use whatever you have or you don't have. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of funny, funny videos out there. People are having fun with it, I think. Yeah. 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 Which is cool. Which is cool to see because I think, um, yeah. Or like, what do you think of, is there an issue with, because you see these people doing these workouts, is there an issue with maybe overloading certain muscles based by doing these specific functional workouts. Like they do it, maybe they're lying down horizontally and just using resistance bands and pulling them through to mimic a swim stroke. Is there, if you just do that for three hours a day, because you want, is there yeah. an issue with it? Is It seems like you obviously Probably. want to be working other stuff as well. Yeah, we're in a little bit of unprecedented times. So yeah. Four, three weeks ago, if you asked me that, I'd say, who's pulling a band for three hours? <laughs> Why don't they just get in a pool, right? And so, getting splashed by water. I've seen those yeah, are funny not, too. <laughs> yeah, those ones are funny. Or they just stick their head in a bucket. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, if you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said, this is crazy. There's no such thing as this kind of problem. But now maybe we will have this problem. But I think um, just like anything, COVID or not, um, you want to do everything... Tra train like you would normally. So you would never swim for three hours every single day, yeah, right? That's true. Um, you would never swim to the point where you're so fatigued that like if you're doing these band things and you're all of a sudden your shoulders giving up to the point where you can't lift your arm up anymore, you've probably gone a little too far. It all depends on what you're training for, right? If you're training for a 200 meter race versus a two kilometer race, probably a little different, right? If you're training for 200 meters, you probably don't need to swim for three hours a day, right? But these exercises, um, the other thing is, they're not the same as swimming, right? So doing these banded exercises with a swimming stroke is not the same as swimming. It's different. You're going to have some kind of different movement in there. Um, and it's going to be a different type of resistance because water is different than a band. Um, so if you do too much of it, your body's not used to whatever you're doing, right? Yeah. So just like anything, you want to start small and see if your body adapts to it um, and use it as part of, part of your training, but not all right. Remember like to get the cardio component of stuff, you can hop on a bike or go for a run. Right. So maybe you don't, your swimming isn't going to have the best cardio, but you can do these things as strength training things, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I think my, my, I was gonna say my favorite example. I don't know why this would be my favorite example, <laughs> um, but I do a lot of work and you have done a lot of work too on a stationary bike or just like a, like a, I don't know what you want to call it, like a stationary trainer trainer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what I started to realize or learn about is that there's a big difference between a trainer and a road. And obviously yeah. like it's easy to be like, yeah, obviously, but like there's a lot of things like just like bike handling, 
actually being able to be stable on the bike while going around turns and actually be on the road and not just being able to sit on a bike. Well, now so, your core has to be involved as well, right? Yeah. It's just different muscles where I, when I'm sitting on the bike trainer, it's just, I don't know, quads, hamstrings, glutes, like, and mm. you're not really engaging your core. So it's completely different, not completely yep. different, but it's, you're getting maybe like 70% of the way there. Mm-hmm. And there's still that other 30% that's really important and you got to work that as well. Right. So, um, totally. It's interesting to see people get creative, but yeah, I think that's a good point where it's like, it's not, that's not everything you have to do. Right. And, and be kind to your body because your, your body's not used to this, whatever this new swimming stroke you're doing. Right. It, it's fine. Like I, I prescribed it oh, to awesome. some of my, yeah. my people, right. Um, as a strength, a creative way of strengthening. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it for as long as you normally would swim, for example, in the, like at the beginning or maybe not ever. Right. Just because it's totally, it is different. Right. So, um, and get your cardio some another way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just be kind to your body and listen to your body. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why don't we, um, kind of like last question, last topic, um, would be obviously you can prescribe things for people at home, but being a physiotherapist and being very knowledgeable, what are you doing at home? to stay active to do and why don't you because you have a really cool home gym yeah that isn't like a, a fabulous home gym but it's a very cool covid work home gym yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which we did not have at home gym before no. we had a yeah. little bit of equipment um so uh, number one is i have a dog so i walk a few times a day with her um and actually we went for a run today um and i have gone for a run with her a few times this week so she's fast asleep over there right now. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, not everyone has a dog and not everyone loves running, but, uh, I like running with her. Um, she's my number one training partner. She's always down to get, get out and get out the door. Also um, doesn't have a choice, but she, she well, she's always pumped. Know, so, <laughs> um, yeah, my home gym. So we, uh, pulled the cars out of the garage. They're on the driveway. Um, and we bought for, 40 bucks on Amazon, bought a set of uh, gymnastics rings, hung them up to the ceiling of the garage uh, so we can do some pull-ups and some rows and different things with the rings. Um, And then uh, one of my... uh, A friend of mine donated a barbell to us so we can do a little bit of weights there. Um, The same friend made a box, a plyo box for us. So we got uh, three heights of a plyo box so we can do different things with that. Um, uh, I had some of my own equipment, like I said, I have a kettlebell and some dumbbells and a friend of mine who owns a gym rent, uh, not lent me some, uh, plates to use for the barbell. Uh, we've got some mats out there. We've got a med ball, um, skipping ropes. We've actually, I had a pair of boxing gloves that I had in my closet. And, um, so we've been doing some boxing, which like I said, make it fun. So that's been super fun for us. We just laugh the whole time. Um, I've got my bike out on a trainer out there. It's getting better weather. So I'm going to hop out there for, for bike rides as well. You and I went for a bike ride last weekend, yep. which was awesome. Yep. We got soaked in the rain. <laughs> um, but that was our first bike ride outdoors. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, I've been doing um, some workouts virtually with some friends. Um, what else have I been doing? Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is I've been doing, uh, like I mentioned before, I've been doing some kind of online work workshops um, that people can tune into live while I'm doing them. And, uh, I'm having fun with it because first of Mm -hmm. all, it gets a workout in for me. I did a mobility class and a core class and tomorrow I'm actually doing a uh, postural 
work, workshop um, for people who maybe are sitting at def desks that aren't set up for them properly and things like that. Um, and I'm having fun with it. It's a good way for me to engage with the community as well. And uh, I, I do the whole workout, so I get a workout in. I uh, might as well film it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So those are you, a few things. What's your... Because you do it on Instagram, you do it on Zoom. Yep. What's your Instagram handle? You can plug it. No promises you get any, <laughs> any followers. Sorry. So my Instagram <laughs> handle is juliana.physio, J-U-L-I-A-N-A.physio. Um, so I've been putting them on Instagram live there. I've got some videos going up on there um, for exercise ideas um, for different different injuries, different things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's the coolest thing that you kind of mentioned. Um Oh, that I've heard about your home gym is the, the plyo box. And obviously this comes down to the fact that if people are able to do this, um, is a really cool thing is to, you don't have workout equipment, make it like, yeah. It, yeah. That, I mean, I didn't make time. it. <laughs> I'm not going to take credit yeah. for it, but it, it, it's make it right. Yeah. Like, if you have the resources, tools, everything, like obviously totally. if you're in a small condo with nothing, it's hard to, but like right. if you have the ability to, you can make it, there's some work, it takes some effort, takes some time, and then you can work out mm -hmm. with it. And then it's something sure. you made. And then it's, uh, it's a little COVID-19 memory. Yeah. And I'm finding a lot of people are also using this time. Uh, I had, a, I got a message from one of my elite track athletes yesterday. Um, and she, she said she had no issues. She just wanted to let me know that she had been doing yoga every day for three weeks. Um, and she sent me a picture of her and her posture. She had been struggling with some posture stuff, just some shoulder work, um, and shoulder range of motion before. And so she sent it to me and she was super proud of how her posture was looking. It looked awesome. She looked great. She, um, She's obviously a lot more, got a lot more of that functional range, functional mobility. Um, and so she just, she decided to use this time to work on something that she was struggling with. So maybe it's something you struggle with, something that you wanted to do, but didn't have time to before. Yeah. Maybe something that you find fun and you just want to do more of or whatever it is. Right. So you don't have to do burpees if you don't no. want to <laughs> do dance class. I was, when I was looking on YouTube yesterday for workouts, dance class exactly. just dance kept class. coming up. And I didn't want to do dance class, but they just oh, kept yeah. coming up, right? And those would, I'm sure those would be <laughs> but hard. But it's an option, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's cool to see yeah, how people up, are getting creative. Makeup workouts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Makeup yeah. workouts, make equipment, use stuff lying around the house, um, get out with your family, um, get outside, like just get moving. That's the biggest thing. I That's my biggest piece of advice, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And you have time now. Well, most people, some people are still, busy. I mean, lots of people are still working. Right. But, um, yeah. but I think that the big thing, especially with like being bombarded with information right now and not being able to do our usual activities and, 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 uh, routines, I think getting moving, whatever that means, get it moving is going to be important for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention, say sponsor, um, <laughs> I, don't uh, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks for sitting by while I figured out audio for. No problem. For, no problem. I enjoyed it. My phone just thought I wanted something about Google. I don't know why. That does that to me all the time. I don't um, very well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Um, we'll do it again. Because awesome. time. I had a great time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I have lots of time. So call me whenever. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. For family trivia night. <laughs> trivia night. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. 
All right. Thanks, Pete. Thanks. Amazing. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Juliana Bergen. Next episode will be with a return guest, Vanessa Lee. Vanessa is one of the funniest and most interesting people I know. We chat about her current experiences as a physiotherapist during the pandemic, as well as her experiences commentating during the Archery World Championships. And we also spend time talking about mental health and the struggles people are going through currently while staying at home, including even touching on our own personal mental health struggles. Very excited for you to hear that episode, so stay tuned. And as always, we'll see you soon.